1: Sean Payton keep talking that we're gonna see him soon. You feel me?
2: Right, we're we'll gonna do another edition of the Bunning Heads Podcast on Ramstalk Radio. Part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Steve Arbaro. Here, as always, with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, camp camp is well underway. We're about a week in. We're uh, we are like a, a couple days from from preseason football Hall of Fame game is this week. How do you feel, man? I, I think we made it. We really
0: made it.
1: So, yeah, Steve, I, I, uh, I have to say I'm, I'm really looking forward to the season to begin, or at least the preseason in this case. seems like it takes longer and longer each year, but I'm even excited to see the Hall of Fame game, which I never thought I'd say, but I end up saying that every year. Who, who's playing this year? I don't even know. It's the Cowboys and the Steelers, I believe.
2: That sounds right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been two years since we saw preseason football. You know, last year we only got to watch the good players. So I, I, I'm kind of excited to see some preseason players too. You know, Uh talked about how I'm buying the Tim Tebow NFT last week after his first preseason catch, though there's no guarantee there will <laughs> even be one. Um, I'm excited to watch some Rams backups play, get our preseason heroes in there, advocate for them to get a bench spot on the roster. I'm pretty excited for the preseason. It, it was missed last year. I'll definitely say that. I mean, hey, w- no matter which way you spin it, the
1: the preseason, there is a purpose for it, no matter how much we like to say we want more games, uh, regular season games and preseason games. Although I guess that's technically happened. We have one less preseason game and <laughs> one more regular season game. So yep. there's that.
2: Yeah, it did, in fact, happen this year. Uh, And we're going to talk about the Week 18 game in our schedule preview, which is exciting. But, yeah, I mean, look at, like, the Rams. Like, we've never seen Bryson Hopkins catch a pass because there was no preseason last year. Guy didn't play a single snap. If we had a preseason, we might have an entirely different outlook on that guy, right? Like, he might have played a couple preseason snaps, looked really good, got rightfully buried in the depth chart behind... Tyler Higbee and Gerald Everett, but since you know we've never seen that guy play a fourth round pick from last year, we really have no opinion on him. I and mean, any opinion we have is really kind of negative, just because like there's there's no outlook. The guy the guy was a DNP every game last year.
1: Yeah, I mean a guy like Bryson Hopkins would benefit to having a you know a strong preseason campaign. But I have to say, Steve, it, it's still not encouraging considering he's not one of the name, names you hear in, in training camp, and he really doesn't have an excuse anymore. There's no more Gerald Everett. There's uh, even Jacob Harris has been sidelined. So the only the only player kind of in his way is Tyler Higby, obviously, and he's not going to overstep Higby. I realize that, but at, at least you know get your name out there a little bit. I don't know. It, it's just it's it's weird. And, and I I know it's just training camp will know a little bit more when it comes to preseason, but yeah, that that's not a good sign, I would say.
2: Yeah, I am not. I I'm, I'm not too worried though. I well, I'm I'm not any more worried than I was last week uh about Hopkins. Like I'm a little worried, but not hearing any buzz in camp, it doesn't doesn't really give me the heebie-jeebies or anything. Like I'm, I'm not really uh, worried much about it. And I mean, with camp, like before we get into the schedule preview, last five weeks, uh, we already talked about three of the five teams, so it might be a little quicker than usual. But I, I think the biggest story has at camp so far has been Matthew Stafford, and for ninety-five percent of the time, it's been about. How good he's playing! How, how how great his passes are! How much everyone loves having him around! Uh, we've seen tons of camp footage of ridiculous passes, and there's a nice no look pass going around Twitter today that I loved <laughs> until about what two hours ago at the recording of this podcast when we found out that Stafford left practice today. Uh, this podcast will probably be coming out either. Tuesday or Wednesday, probably Tuesday. He left practice Monday with after he hit his surgically repaired thumb on a player's helmet. Uh, the update from Sean McVay uh, was minimal. He said, I don't know anything yet. I hope he'll be okay. Uh, later on, he said, he's so tough as it is. Look at what he's played through all last year to get that thumb cleaned up. He's a tough guy. So, I mean, like, we will have more clarity about this. Hope, like, probably... By the time this podcast comes out, like, I feel like if it was really serious, they would know. It seems like unless it is impossible for him to throw, he will be out there week one no matter what, uh, because that's just the kind of guy he is, and this is the biggest season of his career. I don't think he's going to miss any time unless he has to, but (laughs) just like, we can't fucking win, man. What what a horrible two weeks uh, with Cam Akers and then this.
1: Yeah, as far as uh, the injury goes, I'm I'm hoping that it's like Sean McVay says, it, it, it he just kind of you know jammed it a little bit and he, you know, he'll bounce back from it. We all know Matt Stafford is a is a tough guy, but it is still a bit of a concern because I I think it would be fine if he didn't just come off a surgery from it. I I think that's what has everybody mostly concerned about it but we'll see you know um best not to jump to uh you know worst case scenarios at this point just you know hopefully uh wish for the best um and hope that he can come out of this without missing any time maybe just day-to-day of training camp
2: right yeah i mean the uh it's obviously a a bit of a concern because it's his surgically repaired thumb like that's not it's not really what you want to see um but yeah man it's just like of course of course this already happens um not 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 really thrilled about it. i don't have much else to say i'm kind of at a loss for words um but i i don't anticipate this to be too severe but how, how would we even know like how do we even know right now
1: Especially because uh, we we do have a cursed thumb in, in the Rams organization, particularly around Kurt Warner. So there's that.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's um not the best. Not the best. Um. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, you got any final training camp thoughts here? I mean, the the whole story to me has been Wentz for the last since our last podcast at least. I don't really have any other takes before getting into the schedule preview.
1: Um, just that uh, our rookies are a little pinged up too. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the rookies really didn't have a great start to this year. Uh, you know, Tutu will add the COVID-19 uh, protocol where he's basically had to sit out. And, you know, of course, that's obviously not what you want to see. Uh, recently... Robert Rochelle and um, uh, Robert Rochelle actually had to have wrist surgery. And they haven't really said yet um, what. uh, They haven't really said yet how long he's going to be out for, but they think he's going to miss a little bit of time. What's a little bit of time? I'm not really sure, but. (laughs) yeah that's that's not exactly what you want to see uh bobby brown also yeah bobby brown also had to have surgery i believe is on his thumb if
2: i'm not mistaken
1: let me double check that real quick
2: well i mean like (sighs) you you want to see these guys play in the preseason like what you were just talking about those two specifically like rob um robert rochelle and bobby brown they could definitely use those reps, and if they're hurt, they're getting surgery, and I doubt they're going to be playing next week. I, I don't know beyond that how when we'll see them. So it's definitely a bummer. Um, not yeah, I,
1: so in yeah. terms of uh, Robert Rochelle, we're definitely not going to see him next week. But in terms of Bobby Brown, apparently he can do full contact again after next week. It's just a minor procedure on his thumb. Uh, so that's good news. And then, of course, this whole—I'm not actually certain with what's up with Jacob Harris. I, I think they're just uh, uh, kind of keeping him sidelined for, for precautionary reasons. I haven't actually seen a report of what his injury—or if he even has an injury. But they've been kind of keeping him sidelined. I have to look into that. But, yeah, um, other than that, everyone uh, every other rookie is healthy. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much our doom and gloom uh, <laughs> notes for today.
2: Well, I mean, uh, on the positive side, the uh, McVeigh said that the Rams are close to 100% of their uh, players getting COVID vaccines, which whatever your thoughts are on the vaccine, I really hope they're good thoughts. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a huge advantage this year, and one of the two new teams we're about to talk about is really dealing with some shit as a result of one of their key players apparently not getting the vaccine. So, I mean, like, it feels kind of ridiculous to be talking about this as a topic of football discussion, but it's going to matter. And if you got the whole squad um, not having to deal with any of these guidelines, that's going to be a big advantage for this particular season.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because... I can honestly see the argument on both sides and I'm not going to go too deep on this because this, this is not a political podcast and quite frankly, nobody cares what my stance is on, on this whole debate. But, um, the, the, the thing is it is very relevant to the game because obviously if, uh, if you're not having, uh, if you're having basically an outbreak of COVID and it's as a result of not being vaccinated, basically you your team could forfeit uh, as a result of that. It, it's, it seems like the NFL is not going to um, reschedule games like they did last year. And quite frankly, I, don't, I, I really don't think they have uh, too many opportunities to do that, which is why they're kind of going to this option. But I can see the arguments to both sides here. I can see not wanting to be forced to get the vaccine, but at the same time, I could also see you know the safety and um, you know just basically being vaccinated is kind of what's keeping the season still happening. Uh, So it's it's an it's kind of an interesting dilemma here because it's as far as I know. This isn't really something the NFL has really had to deal with other than last year.
2: Yeah, like, um, they, I don't know what the polio vaccine mandates were. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, they said Get they there. won't. I know. He was there. <laughs> they won't. Uh, they, they said that they, like, you forfeit the game if they can't reschedule it and it was caused by a non-vaccinated player, whatever outbreak it was. Um, I'm not going to get too into this. I don't really see both sides of the aisle here. I hope everyone gets the vaccine. But I mean, anyways, um, let's get into the schedules. Uh, let's talk about something else. Well, we're going to have to come back to it in about two games on the schedule when we get to the Vikings. But week 14, uh, we got a Monday Night Football game. And by the way, if you missed the other episodes, please listen to them. I had the Rams at 9-3. and three. Johnny, I think you also had the Rams at 9-3 and three through the first 12 games, right? That's correct. Okay, so week 14, Monday Night Football in Arizona. We already talked about the Cardinals. Um, we talked about them a couple weeks ago. But I, one thing we didn't get to is um, the Cardinals' rushing attack was really good last year. They were six in the NFL. A l- large, substantial part of that was because Kyler Murray is a running quarterback and a good one at that. I don't expect that to change at all with him, but there's some shakeup in the backfields. Chase Edmonds is becoming the, the lead feature back. You would imagine Kenyon Drake is gone. They bring in James Connor from Pittsburgh on a pretty cheap contract. Not really any other meaningful additions to that backfield. So I guess my, my question to you is like, do you believe that, you know, Murray aside and because we know that Cardinals are going to put up rushing numbers because he's there. Can the rest of these guys Edmonds and, connor really specifically do you believe they could be a a solid and you know whatever dangerous backfield to, to play against or are you completely unfazed by this group
1: you know I, I i don't think you can overlook the ground game of of the cardinals i i think the biggest ground threat though is kyler murray uh, not so much edmonds or connor uh I, I still think it would be foolish to overlook those two because they are the type of running backs that can surprise teams. Uh, you know, one week they can, you know, put up, you know, very little yardage and then the next week they can just run all over you. Th- those are the kind of running backs uh, both Edmonds and Connor is. So I, I wouldn't overlook them, but at the same time, I feel like the Rams are going to be challenged a lot more than what you really get with the Cardinals ground game. Uh, I mean, if if you go back to the previous uh, podcast that we did, the Rams saw way more competition at running back, you know, (laughs) and you can almost make an argument that the Jaguars ground game might be a little bit more challenging.
2: It's definitely, Uh, well, Murray aside, that's definitely a better backfield. I don't even think it's close.
1: Yeah, so that's that's why. Like, as much as you don't want to overlook them, they're they're going to be challenged a lot more. I feel.
2: Yeah i I think Emmons is pretty good. You know, I I don't really I don't know if I believe in him as a like a three down back. And they bring in Connor to spell him. I I don't personally. I'm not the biggest connor fan as a player um so i mean i think it's gonna be a, a good rushing attack because of murray but without murray i mean it it'll be all right i i don't really like edmonds is not edmonds and connor don't scare me uh, and I, I wasn't you know i was kind of a big Kenyon drake guy last year i think it's safe to say i was wrong um at least last year so you know clearly they have faith in edmonds maybe they have some faith in connor I personally would have grabbed a running back in the draft. They they were in the position to to grab some decent players. You know, Mike, Michael Carter didn't go till the fourth. It's a guy I would have looked at if I were if I were them. But I mean, yeah, when you have Murray, like it's it's for sure gonna be a good backfield. I don't really have anything else to add with the Cardinals.
1: There's not much more to add than that we didn't already cover. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't particularly see a struggle here with. With the Cardinals, as long as uh, as long as the Rams are healthy, <laughs> as long as they're healthy and and uh, you know they don't overlook the Cardinals, the Rams have fucking owned them since Sean McVay became their head coach. So I, I don't see that changing. I got the Rams winning this game. Uh, I went with uh, thirty four to fifteen. I wanted to throw in a weird number, so. <laughs> there's my weird number thirty-four,
2: fifteen rams you, you're not gonna like this johnny i we have to lose to the cardinals at some point they, oh. I, I have because I, I had them winning the first game that's nine straight wins for sean McVay against arizona like they have to win at some point this is a prime time game it's gonna be a real marquee game for the cardinals they are a good team i like a lot of their assets we can't win every single game there's no way we're going to beat the Cardinals forever. I actually think the Cardinals take an upset here on Monday Night Football, 26-24. Um, this is obviously my least confident loss I'm picking for the Rams out of this entire thing. But <laughs> they kind of win at some point, right? <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't say
1: that the Rams are going to beat them forever, or at least, the, at least the longevity of Sean McVay's career. But I, I just don't see the I, I don't see them beating the Rams in twenty twenty one. And like I said, this is bearing in mind everyone's healthy at this point, or at least close to healthy. And uh yeah. That that's I, I see the Rams winning winning this game, but I I mean, it would it shock me that the Cardinals beat the Rams? No, not really. We're not talking about you know, a a, you know, top 10 draft pick, uh, Arizona Cardinals team. This, this is a legitimate team. You know, this is a team as we already mentioned that could be very competitive in just about any other division. It, and, uh, I and it's very possible that they can be competitive in this division. They're, they're that good. So, uh, but still, uh, myself, I, I, I can appreciate the, uh, <laughs> the kind of curveball you threw there but uh I I'm I'm sticking with my guns and uh saying that the Rams win this game.
2: Yeah, and listen, like as I've said a couple times throughout the course of this, we can't pick the Rams to go 17 and 0. You know, that'd be the most that'd be more way more ridiculous than picking the Cardinals to beat us one of two matchups this year when we're on the road. Um, For sure. <laughs> but yeah. Next so that's 9-4 for me then, 10-3 for you, Johnny. Next game, we got a home game against Seattle. I literally don't have anything else to say about the Seahawks. Uh, I got the Rams win this one 23-13. I had them losing back in week five. I don't think they get swept. I'd be shocked if they get swept. I think we at least take one. Uh, I like the Rams more than I like the Seahawks this year. I think they win this game. You got any other Hawks topics you want to hit?
1: Not particularly. I, I think we said everything we needed to say. they we face them twice a year, every year, and, and really the, the Seahawks aren't really a big different team at all. There's more to say about the Rams than there is about the Seahawks. So, yeah, it, when it's all said and done, it's, uh, it's a game at home. So I, I feel like the Rams have, have this game wrapped up. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say... 20. I'm going to say a 24 to 21 victory for the Rams. It's going to be a close one. Um, And I think in the end, the defense is going to overcome for the Rams.
2: If you love listening to Ramstalk Radio and the Butting Heads podcast, specifically, of course, the best podcast on the feed, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? I mean, we're just a couple of guys with microphones talking about the Rams, and you can start your own podcast if you want, to. best place to do that is Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Iris' top podcasters, maybe even me, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for just $15 a month. This is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just to host your podcast, not, without, not with all this extra stuff you're getting from Blue Wire Hustle. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. If you want to apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. That's bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Back to butting heads. Week 16. Uh, here's a new team. All right, here we go. We're on the road in Minnesota. A, you know, we mentioned the vaccines and everything and how it's affecting teams. The whole Minnesota Vikings quarterback room is currently quarantined. Calamond, I believe it was, caught COVID. Kirk Cousins, notably unvaccinated right now, as apparently, that's what we've heard. Mike Zimmer's really not happy about it. He's publicly went at his players to get the vaccine. But, I mean, they're dealing with this issue at the most important position. So, it's it's good that we're in good shape there. But, anyways, let, let, let's talk about the Vikings. They're, they're definitely an interesting team to, to discuss. Uh, and this late in the season, you know, they're a team that you're not going to be shocked when you look at the score of the Vikings game if they got blown out by somebody or if they blew out somebody. That's just the kind of team they are. Last year they started out one and five, hit their bye week, came back, they finished seven and nine, so six and four after the bye. I mean not the best, but better than one and five. Looking at Mike Zimmer, he's he's going into his eighth year as a Vikings coach, which is, is quite a bit of time in the professional sports to be a coach with the success that he's had, which is not bad. Uh, he's won a couple of playoff games, he's been to an NFC championship. He's made the playoffs every other season as coach. Last year was the year he didn't make the playoffs, so if it keeps tracking, the Vikings will be back in the playoffs this year. Before we really get into the outlook of this team and their additional subtractions, you got to figure if they don't make the playoffs this team this year, Zimmer's gone, right? Like, no way they keep him through another playoff, a season without the playoffs. And even if players get hurt, I still think they'd fire him.
1: I, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I, I'm actually surprised he's still with the team to be honest but i mean not to say that he isn't a good coach or anything but he hasn't exactly got them any closer to the promised land than any other coach would have so you know they've had some pretty good teams too so uh, i feel like part of the reason is at quarterback but that's just me
2: his best year Case Keenum took him to the NFC Championship, so yeah, I, I I can't imagine they they keep him if they don't make the playoffs. Or it feels like playoffs are bust for him. A first round exit might even get him fired 2 I don't know if it would. I, I think he's a, a good coach. I don't know if he's a great coach, but I I think he's gotten something. He's gotten a decent amount out of the teams he's had. I don't really think any teams he's coached have dramatically underachieved. Or really overachieved? Like that 2017 team, that was a, that was a good team. I, I don't really think they overachieved. Um, I, they've had a, they've had a decent amount of talent since he's been there. Looking at their offseason, they lose a couple key players: Kyle Rudolph, Anthony Harris, uh, Fetty Odenigbo. I hope I pronounce that right. And Riley Reef. Um, they bring in Pat Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson to show, show up the defense. They draft a replacement in the first round for Riley Reef in the draft. Um, they grabbed Kelman in the third round, a quarterback for, I guess, some insurance for Kirk Cousins. Although, they might have to space these guys out because it doesn't help. You draft quarterback insurance when both of your quarterbacks are in quarantine. So, we'll see what happens there. They're a hard team to outlook. Like, you look at their team last year. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. They gave up the sixth most yards per game, fourth most points per game offensively. They finished 11th in points, 4th in yards, 5th in rushing yards, led by Dalvin Cook, who had a, just a fucking absolutely monster season. I wouldn't expect anything from less from him if he's healthy. This feels like a team that'll be on the bubble for a playoff spot. I think Kirk Cousins is good enough. I don't think he's going to elevate this team, which, you know, for some teams is a problem. For this team specifically, it probably is a problem that I don't think he's good enough to really elevate them because they are not you know, a plug-in play championship contender. You know, you put Kirk Cousins on the 49ers, I think they could compete for a Super Bowl. Um, But on this team, I don't know. And you look at the other teams in the NFC, like you got to think, to me, Green Bay, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, us, Seattle, San Francisco, I feel like those are all better teams. New Orleans has some question marks, but I think they'll figure it out. I, I think they'll be a better team. So for this team to make the playoffs, it feels like somebody needs to fall out of there. And, and uh somebody probably will because that's six teams plus whoever wins the nfc east and then if somebody falls out you know they got to compete with like arizona and chicago i kind of have them in that next tier on the bubble playoff teams potentially a second nfc east team could emerge in that tier like i don't think wouldn't shock me if washington or dallas whichever one doesn't win the division is competing for a wild card spot even the giants if things go right but I like what just like what how, I don't know what this team can do to really make make a leap. You know, Kirk Cousins isn't gonna just out of nowhere become a, a much better quarterback. We kind of know who he is. He'll be a starting quarterback in the league for a while, I would say, just because he, he's proven he could he could play. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson's a young receiver they have. I mean, he's already really good. Like, unless he becomes Jerry Rice this year. I, I don't know how much more he can, like, I think he can improve, but I like to really, for him to really elevate the offense. Cause he was already so good last year. Um, <laughs> like he'd have to become a, an all time caliber player. And defensively they, they bring in Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson, but is, is that enough to elevate them? I think last year was probably a fluky year, how bad they were. And I think it'll be better, but I don't know if I see that being an elite unit and, I think one side of the ball for them has to be an elite unit and I think the offense could get close to being an elite unit but I I feel like that this team's ceiling is barring things really happening around the NFC is sneaking in as a wild card team and maybe winning a playoff game upsetting somebody you know maybe they get the five seed they beat the NFC's team I don't know I how do you feel about this team I I, I they're definitely like a Good team, but I don't really see a path to being a great team. So,
1: when I think of the Minnesota Vikings, I'm particularly thinking about some eight and nine bullshit.
2: <laughs> Are you waiting for the laugh? There, they're more like yeah. like their their franchise has basically been just like um nine and seven. No right, like they their their whole existence has just been like, well they they did pretty well, you know they they made the playoffs, they made runs in the playoffs, they never won, but you know it's admirable. They're probably the most prolific franchise in the NFL that has never won. I don't think it's a bold statement, right?
1: No, no, it's it's not a bold statement at all, but. Uh... Yeah, looking at this this team this year, it there's so many good players on this team, but to kind of combine it together, to kind of see what you have as a team overall, it's really not that impressive. That being said, I, I, there are still quite a few players that I think it, I, I mean, I could see the Rams struggling with some of these players, you know, guys like Dalvin Cook. Um, I think just about any team could struggle with this guy. He, he, he's proven to be one of the better running backs in the league. And you already brought up Jefferson, who I think is uh, someone to look out for. Um, personally, I'm hooked on a Thielen. Uh, I, I think that this guy... I think he's pretty, pretty awesome. Very it, underrated guy.
2: It's a really fucking good trio of players. That like those. That's you. That probably stacks up there with some of the best trios in the league. You know, I think it's clearly Tennessee at number one, but they, they're probably. I have to map it out. I'd imagine they're top five.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Although I, I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins. I'm just not.
2: I wasn't counting him though. Yeah, like Cook, Jefferson, Dillon. Like, that's a damn good yeah. trio.
1: Yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's actually why that they don't go too far in this league. So, that being said, Steve, believe it or not, I actually have the Rams losing this game. Wow! Yeah. I, I actually am decided to go this route because of history between the Vikings and the Rams. Especially recent history, the Vikings have owned the Rams recently, and it, it, it hasn't even been close. Like you look at some of these games, and they just dominated the Rams. Now I, I know that these are different teams now. I get it, but I don't know something about this game that I, I take a look at it and it, you know, it I could see the Rams losing this game, and especially being away. You know, I imagine that the Vikings at this point are, you know, fighting to tooth and nail to stay in the playoff contention. I honestly don't think that they're gonna make the playoffs, but um, I think they're gonna try their damnedest. And I think this is a game where they're gonna truly shine, and um, it's gonna be a close one. And I think that the that the Vikings are gonna end up winning this game by a smidge, twenty-one twenty. And I hope it doesn't happen, but I, I have a bad feeling about this game.
2: So the Rams did win their last uh, their last matchup with Minnesota, though that was 2018, one of Jared Goff's finest, if not his finest, outing with the Rams. They won thirty eight, thirty one. Before that, they lost the previous five games, including 2017 under McVay and 2017 or 2015 in a game that I actually went to. Where Sean Hill finished out the game for Minnesota. Um, overall, Minnesota has led the season the the series twenty seven to seventeen to two, including uh, the Rams did not win a game against the Vikings between nineteen eighty six and nineteen ninety nine. So uh, their first win came in the playoffs in two thousand to break that streak. So you're you're pretty right that history is on Minnesota's side, but I think they win this game. The Rams, I got thirty four to thirty. Uh, I think it is kind of a shootout. I think Kirk Cousins can can ball. I I don't know how good he is. Like I, he's not an upper echelon quarterback, but he's certainly you know I'll certainly take him over the Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff type t- tier of guys right now. Um, but I think Stafford's a lot better. So I got him winning. But hey, I'm I am shocked that this is one of your losses.
1: I I had to throw in a uh, an upset here and that, here or there. Um, which is strange because now we're back both at the same <laughs> at the same record again.
2: Yep. So what are we both at? Um, eleven and four.
1: Yeah, I believe so.
2: All right, eleven and four. We go into week seventeen. No longer the end of the season. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Day, January second. Um. So, with, with the addition to the schedule, each team played a team that finished similarly to them in the AFC. Um, I guess, you, I think you, I don't remember the, the specifics of it. I think you get matched up with a division and you play the same team that finished the same as you. So, we get to play the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you want to talk about owning the Rams. Johnny, we haven't beaten the Ravens since 2003. Uh, overall, we are 5-2 and two against Baltimore. The last time we played this team, we got absolutely slaughtered in 2019, 45-6. That was a primetime game too, right?
1: Yes, it was. I, it, I remember that very well.
2: You know, we had some podcasts that year where we were just deflated. You know, there were some blowout losses. I mean, the Cowboys game certainly comes to mind. We just got blown out, and we're like, that is... Just ridiculous. But that game was just... That team was so much better than us. It wasn't close. We didn't even look like we played the same sport as them. That's how ugly that loss was. Uh, just just an absolute fucking slaughter. I think Lamar Jackson had five touchdowns. <laughs> like, they had 31 first downs. We had 14. They had 280 yards. Or, 480 yards. We had 220. Uh, <laughs> like... Just in a, a truly abysmal performance. But last year, uh, they were also the better team. <laughs> they went eleven and five. They lost to the Titans in the divisional round. They they won uh, they won won their wild card matchup against uh, a team we talked about last week that I can't remember. It was against the Colts. They beat the Colts. So this is they're an interesting team because even the eleven and five team last year felt like a little bit of a regression. From the thirteen and three team we saw the year before, they still got a lot of Pro Bowlers on the roster. They had they had quite a bit of turnover. Um, they lost some key guys on the offensive line. They replaced them with some guys who we you would imagine are still going to be key guys on the offensive line for them. They their defenses they they still got a lot of guys there. They lost some guys. They brought in some guys. You look at they finished top ten in every defensive category. You know, worst case scenario for this defense, probably mediocre. I, I can't imagine they're bad. They finished second in points allowed last year, only behind us. But the the offense is is what is going to make or break this team. And I don't see, think there's a world where this is a bad offense. This is going to be a good offense. This is going to be a good team. The question is. This team wants to win a Super Bowl, and can they with their offense? Last year they finished seventh in points, but they finished first in rushing. They finished last in passing. This you know, Lamar Jackson's responsible for both of these categories. He he ran like a maniac last year. He ran for a thousand yards. He led the best rushing attack in football with a stable of solid running backs. J.K. Dobbins is still there. Gus Edwards is still there. Those are the main guys. Mark Ingram was you know, kind of the wheels were falling off last year. He's now in Houston, but Jackson, as a passer, he he. It's hard to say he didn't regress from his 2019 MVP season. Now you could look at the team and say, well, who was catching the ball? Nobody. Their receiver their note receivers are note were Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. When those are your top two guys, I think those guys can both catch passes. It's not ideal. For sure. Um, And, I mean, this team will probably go as far as Jackson's arm can take them. You know, they can run the ball all day, but teams are going to start game planning for that. And to address this, I mean, they bring in, they use their first-round pick on Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, and they they sign Rams legend Sammy Watkins, who, look, it's Sammy Watkins. He is not going to make or break your passing attack, but I think it's a really solid addition because I think the guy can still play. He is not the guy that we thought he would be five years ago, but he is certainly better than any receiver they had on their team besides Marquise Brown last year. Even those guys, I I personally think Jackson's going to have a rebound year. I think he's going to get back to close to what he did in 2019. I'm a believer. I think he's really good. The league figured it out to an extent last year, but depth receiving group was so bad. Like, just so bad, man. And I... I think these guys will help a lot. Like, when you're saying Sammy Sammy Watkins is going to help a lot, I think that says it all about what this receiving group was last year. I mean, it was them that brought in Dez Bryant, and he was, like, playing meaningful snaps and, like, scoring, right?
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> like, off the couch, like, they hadn't played in years. And he stepped in and was their second-best receiver. And, to, like, not to knock Dez, like, he came back, he was solid, but... Uh, I think they they need Jackson to rebound, and I I think he will. And I do think this team is going to be really good and one of the best teams in the league. I I mean, how do you feel about Jackson and this team as a whole?
1: I uh, so Lamar Jackson, it, it, he he's one of those ones that you you take a look at and you know that obviously he's going to get it done done on the ground. I I don't think there's any questions asked there. But through the air is a bit of a mystery. So he, you know, he balled out of control in 2019. In 2020, like you said, he didn't have the receiving core to really help him out. I think a lot of it has to do with, is Mark Andrews going to be healthy and stay healthy? I, I think that's, a big part of it because uh, Andrews did uh, suffer a uh, season ending injury. And if, if he can stay healthy, I, I think this will help Lamar Jackson a lot because he did rely a lot on Mark Andrews uh, before getting injured. Uh, Sammy Watkins for sure is going to help. I, I do believe that. I think he's a good fit for this type of offense. I mean, this offense is pure speed and, that's exactly what, what you need. Um, Watkins may not be the speed demon he used to be, but still quick enough. And, yeah, I, I feel like the receiving core improved a little. I don't know if I believe in him enough to get back to the 2019 Lamar Jackson, but I do think he's going to have a significant increase in, in production, I, I do believe that. I, I think he's going to, at the very least, be a Pro Bowl quarterback if, if uh, when it's all said and done, if that means anything to anybody.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash blue wire. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: (laughs) It means a little to me. Um, And I mean, the receiving court I think improved drastically. Uh, last year their guys were their top guys were Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, and Miles Boykin. And you go from that to Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, and Rashad Bateman. You still got Boykin, you still got Devin Duvarnay. Um, so it's it improved drastically because it was so bad last year. Um, you know, you mentioned how much you relied on Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is good. Mark Andrews shouldn't be the like like if Mark Andrews wasn't playing, there was nobody to catch the ball. And like that can't that can't be a thing. He's good. He's not Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Wall are good, but he is good. Um and I think like the big question is like is this receiving core enough? And, you know, is is Jackson's arm gonna be enough. I I think it will be, but yeah. Um, continue
1: that being said, I I have to say, this is still a, a star studded team. The defense is still, um, one of the better defenses in the league. And you just know there is one cornerback on that roster that wants to make the Rams lives a living hell. Can you guess yes. who I'm talking <laughs> about? <Steve? laughs>
2: My man Marcus Peters.
1: Absolutely.
2: He and was chir- memorably chirping Jalen
1: Ramsey in that blowout game. Oh yeah. And if there's one thing that he wants to do other than prove to the Rams that they made a mistake, he wants to outshine Jalen Ramsey and and really prove to the league that he's the best cornerback in the league even though that's not true. Um, not even close to be honest. Uh, but
2: maybe not even the best on his team.
1: No, no, I, I, I don't believe that either. <laughs> so I, I do think that this is going to be one of the better games of the year. It's going to be really, really tight game. I'll tell you that much. I, I don't envision a beat down that the, <laughs> that the Ravens did back in 2019. Uh, at least, hopefully
2: not. No, yeah, I I don't think they're winning forty five to six, but I I I literally can't pick the Rams in this game because of that. Like, I I cannot. That game was so bad. A lot has changed since then, but like, the guy who eviscerated us is still there. A lot of those guys on defense who took care of us are still there. I think the Ravens win thirty-five to twenty-seven. I think it's a, a much like we're not gonna. I don't expect us to roll over like we did in that game. Uh, and when you got a guy like Stafford, he loves coming back in the game. So it's nice. Like I feel like this team is not gonna roll over and die a lot this year. Um, but that being said, I I cannot pick the Rams to win this game. I that game is still too scarred in my memory. I don't think
1: it. I think he he's, it's scarred in a lot of Rams fans' memory. As much as I'd love to see the Rams go home with a victory on this one, the fact that this is on the road and the fact that basically how the Rams are going to lose this game, you know, the exposing the middle of the field again, yeah, the, there's no questions asked for me. I think that the, the Rams lose this game. I do think it's going to be a lot closer this time around. And Steve brings up a great point in the, the fact that Matthew Stafford likes to keep the team in the games. Um, he doesn't just kind of give up. He's, he's a very strong-willed quarterback. But in the end, there's only so much even he can do. And I think that the Ravens end up on top here 38-31.
2: So we both got them at eleven and five. Usually that'd be the end of the season, but we got one more game because they extended. Who do you think has a, a better record this year? Obviously the Ravens.
1: I think the Ravens end up with a better record here. I I, I think that based on their division alone, they they have a, a decent division, but it's nowhere near the Rams' the division. Mm, I, I feel like
2: it's a. Pretty fucking good division. Uh, I think the only the only major difference is you don't expect the Bengals to be good, but no, nope. the Browns are good. They're real good, I think. Uh, and the Steelers are still good. Um I, I, I think I don't
1: expect the Steelers to be that great, to be honest.
2: But there's, I still think they'll be okay. You know, they're they're going to be formidable. I, I think our division's better. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that's there's one of the best. No question. Yeah, but that is one of the best divisions in in football to me is is the AFC North and the Bengals. I mean, who knows i I think I know, but there's some talent yeah, I'm there. Pretty sure I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to tell you the truth, I think if I
1: believed in their coaching staff, they might have something. Like uh, if you had Bruce Arians, for example, leading leading this young team. I, I think they might you know pose a bigger threat. I I'm sorry. I just I I don't believe it. <laughs> Not as Zach Baylor guy. A former boy.
2: No no. <laughs> oh man. It's it's funny that uh they downgraded from Marvin Lewis, which is oh, hilarious, big time.
1: <laughs> and, and I feel like Marvin Lewis would uh would would have you know would make this team even better. Um, not gonna sit here and say Marvin Lewis was a a great head coach because he he never really got the terrible, you know, team out of uh <laughs> out of Cincy, but um that wasn't entirely his fault. But you gotta know he he was the better option here.
2: I'm I mean he had to go, and Zach Zach Taylor was in the peak of let's hire all Sean McVay's assistants and see what happens. And to be fair. Worked for Matt Lafleur, right? So I mean, like well, who knows?
1: Lafleur but... at least had a little experience. Yeah,
2: yeah. He had a year as an offensive coordinator uh, in Tennessee. Taylor, just <laughs> yeah, he's—I don't think he's that. it. It kind of shocks me. Like it doesn't surprise me, but I—I I think Marvin Lewis deserved another coaching job. Like I, I'm surprised, a little surprised, not like shocked that nobody brought him in. I mean, it was rumored for the Jets for a while, and as much as Jets fans would have grown at the hiring, like, we had all our complaints about the Jeff Fisher years. He was such a fucking massive upgrade for that team, like, compared to what we had before him. He just wasn't, like, there a year or two too long. You know, some franchises need the Marvin Lewis, Jeff Fisher type, who you know is going to elevate the team, even if you don't expect them to elevate the team as much as you'd hope to make them a contender. But I don't think we're where we were in 2017 with when McVay comes in. If we never had Fisher.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. <laughs> I, yeah. I just, I, I, I think they're a promising team, but anyway, we're kind of going off on a tangent here.
2: Yeah, last game, we already talked about this team home against the Niners. Uh, one other topic with them, this was a truly elite team in 2019. Um, you think it's you think about the defense, but their offense finished second in points, fourth in yards, second in rushing yards. A lot of those guys from that team are still here. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, George Kittle, um, Debo. I think Mostert was was one of the feature backs in 2019, if not the feature. I know a lot of the rest of the backfield is gone, but they've they've stocked up with some new guys. Do you think that this offense can get back to being a, a elite offense in 2021 after 2020 um with the guys in the room and and to be fair to them cuz I I double checked this they had more points and more passing yards than we did last year so like <laughs> they weren't that bad apparently um but like do you think they could they could be an elite unit or are they just going to be you know middle of the pack a good offense not a great offense
1: I don't think that they're an elite unit, to be honest. I I feel like that they are a a decent to pretty good offense. I I think most of these uh, victories that you're going to see from the 49ers this year is going to come from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, And I I don't think I'm being outrageous by saying that, Uh, particularly at quarterback being one of the main reasons at this point of the season, this is the last game of the year. uh, We don't know for sure who's going to be the quarterback. It could very well be, um, it could very well be Garoppolo. They could be like, well, let's, uh, let's give our rook a year, um, a year off and just kind of focus on Garoppolo or paying him big money. You know, why not? But, I, I think I think at this point though, no matter who's the quarterback, I feel like the forty ers are still gonna be a quarterback away from being a top notch to elite offense. I wouldn't uh I, I wouldn't overlook them obviously because hey, they've bested us for a while now under Shanahan. So uh yeah, that there's you you gotta be careful with the 49ers here no matter who's quarterbacking.
2: Yeah, and I mean, dude, they were an elite offense with Garoppolo in twenty nineteen. They could have been better than a different quarterback probably. But um I, I think it'll depend on that rushing game if those if those guys can, you know, perform well and maybe they get maybe Trey Sermon emerges real real quick. I think they're a well coached unit. I, I really like Debo. I really like Brandon Ayuk. I obviously like George Kittle um there's a lot of talent on that offense man and i i if if garoppolo can be good enough they could certainly be an elite unit but um to wrap up our our season i think the rams take care of business in this game at home uh i got them winning 23 to 14 and i believe we both had them losing the first game so i i don't think the 49ers sweep who do you got
1: i think this is going to be a statement game for the rams they had um at at least if If you're going by what I predicted, they had uh, two back-to-back losses. And I think they're going to want to, you know, finish the season strong, especially against the team that has had their number for many years now. And uh, I I think that, like you, I think they come into SoFi Stadium, finish on a strong note. And uh, I I feel like the Rams are going to pick up a a very strong victory here. I got them winning 34 to 24.
2: Okay. So we both got the team 12 and five. Uh, that feels right. This is a really good team. Um, they have some flaws. They have a tough schedule, but uh, I think it's a team that's going to be in the playoffs. you to be competing for a super bowl. They, if in my version, they go three and three in the division. So they probably don't win it. In yours, they go five and one. So, that there would be a very good chance in yours that they'd win the division and in mine too but um they we just heaped praises onto this team uh what's your finish for the Rams? where are they finishing the playoffs
1: uh dare I be bold and say that they go to the super Bowl
2: yeah fucking come on dude I'm picking going to win the super Bowl <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I got them um, in the Super Bowl as as long as we don't get any more devastating injuries.
2: I think they're, you know, in the NFC, I think there's three teams, four maybe four with San Francisco, who I really think can compete and come out of the conference, Green Bay, Tampa, us, and I think San Francisco too. And, look, I don't know if Tampa's going to have that drive, although <laughs> Brady might want eight. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna pick the Rams to finish anything but the Super Bowl in early August. I am way too scarred as a fan not to. When the Rams are able to compete, I'm going to just say they win it all. I mean, what are we doing?
1: <laughs> I, I think this is the first time that we, we did this prediction and we both finished with with the same record.
2: Yeah, usually I'm a game or two behind you, but I mean is not. There's there's some nice patches here in the schedule, but overall, it's a tough schedule when you play the NFC West six times. You get that matchup with uh, fucking Baltimore, which sucks because um, I think we'd both have them going twelve and four if that game wasn't on the schedule. And it, it, the the NFC North is a solid division. The AFC, do we play, the AFC South, oh, no, that's actually a really nice gift. Um, although Tennessee's good. And Carson Wentz is probably not going to be playing in week two. So we both had him winning that game. It's probably going to be a lot less close if, if Jacob Eason is the quarterback. Although, who knows? Um, but, hey, that's it. That's a wrap on the schedule preview. When we come back, it's all <laughs> – What's going on right now? And hopefully we got enough news, albeit positive news, uh, to hit on the team next week. Yeah, no more injuries. No more injuries. All right. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny 6 at TalkRams. Like, subscribe, rate the show on Apple Podcasts, and we will talk to you guys next week.
1: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel mm-hmm.
3: me? It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.